1: Hello, welcome to the Ghosts of Hall. My name's Simon. And I'm McKelly. Thanks for joining us for episode 19 of our chapter-by-chapter book review of A Song of Ice and Fire series by George R.R. R. Martin. Today we're discussing chapter 18 of A Game of Thrones. That's Cap 4.
0: And as always, we'll chat about the chapter and try not to spoil any future plot points for you. And if we're doing our job right, hopefully we'll provide you with some entertainment along the way.
1: We'll summarize what happened, discuss our thoughts, provide some useful background, compare it to the TV show, and indulge in a little pedantry. Be sure to check out the show notes. They provide some additional information about the characters and other things of note about the chapter.
0: So I hear you are a little bit in the doghouse.
1: Well, um, to our non-American listeners, um, it's Girl Scout Scout cookie season in the United States. They sell Girl Scout cookies, and they're good. And, um, well, my wife won't get to eat any this year because (laughs) I scoffed a lot. The good news is, they sell more. They do sell more. <laughs> I was just looking it up. Actually, they sell they, they, the revenue for Girl Scout cookies is seven hundred million dollars a year. Wow, which is, yeah, that's just, a lot. That's a lot of money. It's a, it's a lot of cookie. I remember that when I first moved here, and the first t- first time Girl Scout cookie season came around, I was I was accosted on my way into the store right, by yeah. a group of little bandits, <laughs> and uh, yeah. I said. Oh, what, what are Girl Scout cookies? And they were just like, what? Because I was an adult, and I didn't know no, no what Girl Scout cookies were. And they were... Have you lived under a rock exactly. for the past Exactly. They were freaked.
0: You could, on your way home, you could stop and buy her a few boxes oh, yeah. of cookies. do that. Make your way out of the doghouse. The
1: thing is, I think it's not just the, she hasn't got any Girl Scout cookies. It's the, I'm already overweight, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating all the Girl Scout cookies. So I can't really do anything about that one, really. Well... Not in the short term. I can replace the cookies, but...
0: Molly went up in her bedroom with a box of Girl Scout cookies the other day, and uh, I then found that box empty later. But, of course, she swims, like, 5,000 yards a day. I don't do that.
1: We have so much in common (laughs) and so little at the same time. All right, let's get down to business with a quick recap of what Kat was up to previously. Last time we saw Kat, she was recovering from the knife wounds to the hands that she earned while protecting Bran from the assassin, Thereafter, she decided that she had to go to King's Landing to warn Ned of the apparent murderous antics of the Lannisters. McKelly, why don't you give us the summary? Okay.
0: The Tairashi captain of the Storm Dancer, Morin Tomatus, tells Kat that they're about an hour from King's Landing, sailing from White Harbour. She donates a silver stag for each of the oarsmen as an appreciation. After some light-hearted banter with Sir Roderick, who suffers mightily from seasickness, Kat discusses her plan to reach out to Sir Aaron Santiger, the king's master at arms, in hopes that he might know the dagger and not be a lawyer.
1: Not be a lawyer. <laughs> not be a lawyer she yep. probably isn't a lawyer. <laughs> master of Master at Arms and <laughs> Lead Counsel. Should be
0: safe on that one. Might not be a Lannister loyalist. And being that he is Dornish and owes his loyalty to House Martell, he shouldn't be a Lannister file. Presumably not.
1: Especially because of the bad blood between those two houses. Right, yeah.
0: yes. You, she should be safe in her assumption there. Yeah. Sir so Roderick is concerned that as soon as they dock, she'll be recognized. He's most worried about Lord Peter Littlefinger Baelish, who grew up with Kat. When Kat was betrothed to Brandon Stark, 15 year old courtly, perfumed Squire Peter challenged chiseled from ice and rock, 20 year old heir to Winterfell Brandon, to an ill considered duel. By the intercession of Cat, Littlefinger survived with merely a scar, but she's not seen him since. How are his feelings now? He wrote to Cat after Brandon's death, but she burned the letter unseen. She is not surprised by his rise to the king's small council, as he was always clever, but she's less sure about his wisdom. Sir Roderick counsels that he go to the Red Keep to bring Sir Aaron to a place where Cat can lay low. Cat argues that he is as recognizable but he has shaved off his vomit-tangled beard and doesn't even recognize himself. They go with this plan and find an inn. Cat goes to her room, Roderick to the keep. Cat falls asleep and is woken several hours later by gold cloaks of the city's watch at her door. They assure her they are only there to accompany her to the Red Keep, and they present Littlefinger's mockingbird sigil. When she is presented to Peter, she gives him a piece of her mind about the nature of the summons. As a boy, you still knew the meaning of courtesy, she says. He gives her an all too familiar, contrite look. She asks how he knew she was there. He says it was Master of Whisperers, Lord Varys. Baelish tries to steer the conversation toward fond reminiscence. Kat's having none of it. Kat claims she's here because she's missing Ned. Peter's having none of that. Lord Varys enters and notices Kat's hands. Varys offers to help Brandon anyway, and Kat says she's sure that Lewin is doing everything possible. Somehow, Varys knows about the dagger already. And when Catelyn reveals it, Baelish reveals that it used to be his own until he lost it in a bet with none other than Tyrion Lannister. <gasps> dun dun dun, dun, dun.
1: <laughs> We didn't plan to do that. No, we that, didn't. That was, that was spontaneous. That uh, is
0: the chemistry we have. Yes.
1: So, really great stuff. I, I really enjoyed this chapter. Um, yeah. Two great characters have joined the fold. Both Peter Baelish and Lord Varys are yes. excellent characters. Baelish is a polished courtier, thin and wiry with a pointy chin, touches of grey in his beard. Yeah. He's the master of coin, and a comment from Kat seems like he's fit for it. She says, even as a child, he'd always loved his silver. Right. So, uh, owning the, the kingdom's purse string seems like a good job for him.
0: Yes, yes, it does. Uh, meanwhile, Varys is bald, plump, perfumed, and powdered. He giggles girlishly at times. But he is clearly amazingly good at his job.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, some of the things he revealed in this yes. chapter sort of like borderline ma- magical. It incredible. really is,
0: yeah. If Peter uh, mentions to Cat that nothing happens in King's Landing that Varys doesn't already know about. And often he knows about it before it happens. Mm-hmm. Well, that's quite the magic trick. Yeah.
1: So the secrets the secret he does reveal, though, so he, 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 he sort of like various downplays the, the magical nature of it. Right. He says, it's my little birds. And yes. he doesn't exactly explain what little birds are, but they're presumably some network of spies, not, not actually right. birds.
0: They're, uh, most, they're primarily little beggar children. Right. Which are easily overlooked by adults. Mm-hmm. And it's rumored that they have had their tongues removed, so they can't tell uh, others what they know.
1: But... They have to be able to tell Varys. Right. So
0: unless... They've got I didn't see... think this through.
1: Tell me what you know, kid. <laughs>
0: unless they've got some sort of secret language that they communicate just hmm. to Varys through that's gibberish to everyone else except for Kat, clearly, because she can speak gibberish. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Different gibberish, perhaps. Right.
0: Yeah, as it might be. So, yeah, as long as they can write... What's the point? They can write to anybody. Maybe he teaches them a special language that only he knows, or something. Yeah, and,
1: and yeah, of course. But if any of them could read or write, they are, you know. I mean, presumably, the tongue removal is to stop them from being able to be tortured into revealing what they know. I guess if it's true, right? Just a yeah. Rumor, you know? yes. But like you say, if any of them could write, they could be like, "Stop hurting me. Let me just write <laughs> that down for you." Pen and paper. Yeah.
0: Just make the pen and paper sign um, and all universal. Yes. Yeah. As Cat points out, Varys, who's referred to as Lord Varys, is not actually a lord of anything. It's only because of his spot on the small council that he gets such a title.
1: He's just a guy who's got a lot of little birds, I guess. <laughs> you think you like Littlefinger's line when he said that never has a king been so beloved as our Robert, at least in Lord Varys' hearing. <laughs> right.
0: I guess that it's implying that people don't tell him what they're really thinking, Yeah, but... It seems that he hears all no matter what you say or who you say it to. So I guess it really doesn't matter if it's in his hearing or not. He's (laughs) He's he's going to hear about it.
1: So more evidence of Lannister perfidy. Yeah. But Tyrion, it doesn't feel right. It just doesn't. Yeah. As we noted at the time, he was clearly unaware of his siblings' involvement in Bran's fall until he stumbled across it. Um, so after we left them, did they confide in him and hatch his second assassination plot? It
0: d- that doesn't feel right either. It Especially. doesn't feel
1: right. Maybe Jamie, they're
0: closer, but I can't imagine yeah. Cersei reaching out to him saying, We've got a problem. Yes. Although I did say she clearly respects his intellect. True. I'm not sure she respects his respect for her enough to confide in such a oh, secret.
1: I'm trying to parse that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I see what you're saying. But I think also. Maybe it's a good point. She does respect his intellect, but I think it's even from her perspective, that would be too dark of a secret to reveal to Tyrion because she doesn't trust him enough, you know? Right. I agree. And yep. so did they take Tyrion's knife to bring suspicion on him? But why? This yeah. is that, that doesn't make any sense no, to me because be- the last thing you want to do is embroil the Lannister's in the assassination attempt right. on Brown because it's
0: too close to home.
1: They were involved. Right. <laughs> the last thing you need is that.
0: Yes. So I was thinking about like possible reasons that it could be Tyrion. And I came up with basically one. And that is that we know he loves Jamie dearly. So maybe he was trying to help tie up loose ends. I mean we learned in Tyrion one, he said that only Jamie ever showed him affection or respect in childhood. And for that, Tyrion was willing to forgive him almost anything. Yeah. So maybe if he knows that Jamie was involved, he might go to these lengths to
1: help him. But. But let's let's be careful on that. So, are you saying he ca- Tyrion hatches the plot by himself, based purely on the look that was exchanged between Cersei and Jaime? That's James. true. That's a lot. I mean, I, I, I mean,
0: that's true.
1: I'm fond of my brother too, but I wouldn't go murdering a child just in case my brother would.
0: I think I saw a look. <laughs> yeah, could have yeah. been indigestion.
1: No, but I but, think it was a look. But conceivably, he could have gone to. Jamie and yes. said, "What was that look about? Oh, we pushed him out of the tower. Don't worry, I'll take care of it." But it just doesn't feel like Tyrion. Tyrion doesn't no. feel like the cold, callous Lannister that the other yeah. two are.
0: And he's certainly too smart to do the next part, which is to give the give him <laughs> give this guy a dagger <laughs> that is like only one in existence mm-hmm. in the all of King's Landing and is known to belong right. to Tyrion Lannister. Although one other thing, uh, you notice that. Tyrion backed Loras Tyrell in the joust. Yeah, game. so
1: you d- you didn't explain that in the summary, but yeah. but the bet that got the uh, the dagger from Peter Baelish into Tyrion's hands was on who would win a joust between Jaime Lannister and Sir Loras Tyrell. Right. So uh, Tyrion may love Jaime, but he bet the right <laughs> horse there because he bet on uh, Right. Loras Tyrell who who did, at the age of 15, and yeah. seat Jamie Lannister, which is an impressive feat.
0: He bet with his head, not his
1: heart. Exactly.
0: Always gets me into trouble uh, in sports betting. Yeah. Always betting with my heart. Your
1: head's not a lot better. That's true. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, like like we were just saying, back to the, the dagger thing, Tyrion seems way too smart to have been like, Oh, and here, use this dagger.
1: Right, <laughs> yeah. This will really kill him. <laughs> maybe leave it on the scene <laughs> right. so everyone knows. Yeah, so so then the other possibility, I mean, so, so there's the sort of general possibility that the dagger somehow was out of Tyrion's possession and sort of wound its way to the assassin right. without his knowledge. That's what
0: I was wondering. Maybe, maybe the... The guy, the attempted murderer guy, maybe he stole it from, maybe he's a good thief. Maybe he stole it from Tyrion, or maybe someone else had stolen it. Someone else yeah. is trying to get the Lannisters in trouble. Yeah. But then someone else would need to know.
1: To get the Lannisters in yeah. trouble. Yeah. So so then the other alternative to all this is, is Peter Baelish telling the truth? Right. I mean, is it just a big lie? I but mean, if he's, he's
0: lying, did he just get lucky? About the Lannisters being the ones that pushed Bran out the window? Or does it even matter? Maybe it maybe it but nobody knows for sure who pushed Bran out the window. So maybe he's just trying to make it look like the Lannisters
1: yeah. wanted to kill Bran. So so or maybe Yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, oh, just one thought there. It did did at any point Kat say Lannister before Peter said it was Tyrion's? I don't think so. No. Right. she never made any She'd kind of know, accusation. She never did.
0: The only accusation she's ever made is in that room in her bedchambers right, right. with Sir Roderick. Yeah. Uh Rob and Tyrion. But, but it, nope, I mean in Theon.
1: Yeah, but it, but it's not inconceivable 'cause so so what's actually again, just to sort of like expand on what was it in the chapter. Sir Roderick did meet with Sir Aaron Santiger, as planned, and that conversation was overheard by Varys' little birds. Right. So it's not inconceivable that, that was mentioned. And clearly, Peter Baelish and Varys have had contact between these two meetings, between the meeting of Sir Roderick and Sir Aaron, and between Cat now meeting right. with them. Because... Cat is there. Cat's there. Yeah. Peter knew she was in town, and that was because of Varys' spies overhearing the... Right, you're right.
0: So, uh, sir Roderick may have dropped the Lannister name in Mm, that conversation with Sir Aaron,
1: or perhaps Sir Aaron. Well, if the if the knife really is Tyrion's, so Aaron might have known too. They went to him because he's Master at Arms and he knows all the knives. You know, that's true. So perhaps, but obviously, I mean, pointing the finger at Tyrion, regardless of the sort of random chance of it, it's going to create strife between the Starks and the Lannisters. It's going to destabilize the kingdom. Yes. Right. So is that what Peter Bayliss is after? We'll be right back.
0: Hello, friends. Are you ready to make some unforgettable memories? Well, if so, consider the Marriott Bonvoy program. Discover the perfect destination for your summer getaway and unlock exclusive deals on luxurious accommodations. With our affiliate partnership, you'll enjoy unbeatable savings and a seamless booking experience. Don't let summer slip away. Visit Marriott Bonvoy today and make this vacation season one for the books. Use our Ghosts of Hall affiliate page to check it all out and buy Bonvoy points or give some as a gift. The link to our page is in the show notes. Yeah, that- There'd be, have to be some motive to want to destabilize well, uh, the kingdom, but...
1: I mean, not to preempt his character, but he is... Uh, he's power-hungry. He is. And Kat
0: says, I trust him little, yeah. and there is none. So he's not exactly the most, in her opinion, not exactly the most trustworthy of people, so...
1: Yeah, that, 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 that's an interesting... Well, let, let's hold off on speculation about which one of those two you should trust more. Right. <laughs> we have we don't know them well enough yet. Yeah. But, I mean... Clearly, Peter Baelish is, is, has risen very high. Mm-hmm. Can he rise higher than Master of Coin in the Small Council? Well, no. That's about as high as you could go anywhere without being in the royal line, right. presumably. Maybe Hand of the King, if it ever came to that. Hand yep. of the King, yeah, perhaps. So again, I mean, destabilizing the kingdom might help that. Right, um,
0: especially destabilizing the Starks. The
1: Starks, yeah. Yeah, the Stark-Lannister relationship is is critical to Ned keeping his job. Right. Maybe
0: he's hoping to become king regent someday if he becomes hand of the king and then something happens to Robert, maybe hand he, of the king often becomes the king regent. Anyway, yeah, now, yeah. We're, now we're really speculating yeah, yeah, out yeah. there. But.
1: Yeah. So background, a, a little bit of background on Baelish and uh, Catelyn. They were raised together at Riverrun. Peter was a ward. She thought of him as a brother, but in his mind, it was more of a Targaryen siblingry. <laughs> yeah. Siblings with benefits, perhaps. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What's less clear to me, though, and and see what you think about this, is whether his romantic feelings for her were always apparent to Cap, or whether they were those were only revealed when she got engaged and he challenged Brandon Stark to the j- duel.
0: I think it comes across as though she didn't know. Right. But sometimes I feel like women know these things. That's true. <laughs>
1: that's that's yes, good point. Um,
0: but it doesn't. It didn't come across like she knew it ahead of time.
1: Either. Yeah. But, but clearly, her, the challenge damaged their relationship permanently because um, she, had, well, she didn't read his letter. Right, which, what is with her and burning letters so quickly? <laughs>
0: she, <laughs> like, just take count to ten. <laughs> count to ten before you burn that letter. But,
1: but I, I, maybe think about it from this perspective. So she is betrothed to Brandon. Peter Bailey challenges him to a duel. She says, please don't kill him. He's my foster brother. Please don't kill him. Yeah. Brandon does what he's asked. Then she's with Brandon and she gets a letter from this guy who was so in love with her that he risked his life to challenge Brandon to Jewel. Would you be happy as Brandon Stark if she went, let me just uh, look what he (laughs) says. I'm very curious about Uh, what my uh
0: Did she did he send her the letter after Brandon died? Or... Uh,
1: that I don't know I don't think it makes it clear what that yeah. is because after Brandon died would be different I think I mean right. then I would be curious if it was a I am so terribly sorry for ever that's uh, what I was wondering
0: maybe he was yeah or maybe the letter was an apology for his rash behavior but she won't know because yeah. she didn't bother to open it
1: right but but anyway, given his behavior in this chapter it seems clear that that wasn't the end of his feelings for her right he's clearly yes. still still smitten.
0: So Cat asks Peter why Varys told him she was in King's Landing. And Peter mentions that the rest of the small council was gone and says also that he was ever a friend to Liza, Cat's sister. And Cat replies, does Varys know about? And then Peter cuts her off and says, he knows of everything except for why you're here. Right. And it got me curious, what was she going to say?
1: Uh, my assumption, I. I you, you. I think you have a... More of a in-depth thing. When I read it, I just assumed she meant about the whole challenging Brandon Stark. Oh and yeah, getting into the jewels. It
0: Just seemed an odd because he had just referenced his friendship or his closeness with with Liza Tully. Yeah, and um, Aaron. No. Yeah, that's why I was going to say Liza Aaron. I was like, wait, no, yeah, but it is Liza Aaron and Liza Tully. Yeah. I guess he she just mentioned he just mentioned that, and then she says, "Does he know about?" It seemed like the trans... Maybe
1: something happened between Peter and Liza as well. That is what I was wondering.
0: Now, uh, I'm pretty sure I know what she's referring to, but I can't say because it's It's a... a, Spoiler. Yeah,
1: so... Well, if I accidentally say it between now and the end of the show, just (laughs) edit edit (laughs) that bit out, Yeah.
0: (laughs) When you come next week, say, I've had a dream about how (laughs) this played out. (laughs) I I like how he throws her family's words back at her as why she... um, has not left Winterfell just because she's missing Ned and the girls. That family, duty, honor, which are the words of House Tully, all require her to stay in Winterfell where Ned left her. Which...
1: But counterpoint, the first word there is family. It's true. So yeah. that does actually sort of lead me to want to go to King's Landing for i Cat. And secondly, her now her family is the Starks, and their words are winter is coming, and that wants, makes you want to leave Winterfell <laughs> as quickly as you can. So you
0: not heard that winter is coming? <laughs>
1: So does he still hold a torch for her? Is is he? He definitely does. No question about that. From what Seems he said, like yep. but he, but is he also uh, embittered by the fact that when he challenged Brandon to a duel, she could have said, "Peter, I had no idea. Let's run away together." Right. And instead, she said, "Oh, big Brandon, with your muscles, please don't kill him. <laughs> don't hurt this little yeah. boy." <laughs> no, she didn't say don't <laughs> hurt him. Remember? He oh yeah. A, he he picked up a scar. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I mean that's pretty much a rebuff to Peter I would say. Yeah. But I mean again, family duty, honor, she was told she was marrying Brandon Star. Yeah, I
0: don't think she had much of a choice yeah. really in that matter. I don't even know how well she really knew Brandon. Maybe she would have thought I've known Peter so long he of course he's such a good
1: friend. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think But, he, but then the flip side of that is is he emboldened by the fact that she interceded on his behalf? Right. He yeah. could have she could have gone oh, go get him. <laughs> This should be interesting. <laughs> See how many pieces you can chop him into. Yeah. Well,
0: when he tries to reminisce with her, she shuts it down pretty quick. Yeah. That Yeah. Or, it's, it's pretty discouraging for from his standpoint.
1: It's one of those uh, some comedian has a joke about like making a overture to a lady and she sort of like lays out I wouldn't date you if... Blah, 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 and lists all this like million things that would stop her from dating. him. he's like, so you're saying there's a chance. Yeah.
0: <laughs> from, that was a line in Dumb and Dumber.
1: Oh, was it? You yes. see, another movie I've never seen. <laughs> I get this from third party things. So you're saying i got a chance. Exactly. That's yeah. what Peter Baelish is. That definitely seems what he's thinking. <laughs> so
0: Kat was irked over her treatment from the from him through the gold cloaks. Uh, As she refers to it, being sent for by the gold cloaks as a serving wench. And there's no real need for him to have handled it the way he did. Personally, I think he wanted to show her the extent of his power to impress her a bit. I can send the city watch after you if I want. Have a bunch of guys at my beck and call to bring you to me.
1: Yes, I can see that. However, I also think there is the... um... Cutting to the chase aspect here, because anything else she could have said no to any messenger. True, I figure it was at least perhaps from just from George Martin's point of view, it was kind of like a shortcut to get this meeting to happen. True, yeah, that. But could but could have been also. But interpreting the narrative, yes, I think it's a, it's definitely Peter showing that he's a top dog in King's Landing. He's a big shot now. Yeah, I, I mentioned this before. that I like that Varys. Has these seemingly psychic powers, but right. he's willing to just explain them away. You know, he that, that the reason he knows things is because he's got spies who listen and report back to him. He's not, <laughs> you make a terrible magician. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I this is how I did it. <laughs> yeah. See, this a false bottom. <laughs> <laughs> so he likes that he gives that impression of omniscience, but it's not afraid to admit the workings. Um, but his expertise is you know mm-hmm. legendary and uh substantial so you have to be very careful of what you say pretty yes. much anywhere in the kingdom i would think
0: think it don't say it i guess would be the uh even outside of king's landing probably you know
1: yeah 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 exactly it seems like he probably yeah. has i mean king's everywhere. landing is the the hub of power but right. yeah i mean you imagine his his web extends the whole kingdom that's why they call him the spider mm-hmm. i guess Kat originally assumed that the captain of the ship, uh, Moreo, sold them out to yes. Littlefinger, but right. uh, now she realizes it was Varys. And she was in stunned disbelief when he asked to see the dagger. Yeah. but like, a... he
0: really is a spider. <laughs> yeah. But
1: again, that, all, that certainly would have come up in the Roderick to right. Sir Aaron conversation, yeah. which was overheard, we know. so. We'll be right back.
0: This episode is sponsored by Audible. To get a free audiobook, or two if you're an Amazon Prime member, go to our exclusive URL, audibletrial.com slash You can find the link in our show notes. Yeah, so, Kat mentions Sir Roderick almost going overboard when a storm sees them unexpectedly off Dragonstone, and I wondered if maybe that could have been the storm that Bran saw in his dream. I don't know. Personally, I still think the dream storm was a metaphor for trouble in king's landing yeah but they did literally come across go, go an unexpected storm, storm yeah. on their trip down so
1: yeah.
0: i don't know maybe that was uh, thrown in there to still keep us guessing Yep. Yeah. yeah things are already not really going as planned they've been in town for a what seems like a couple hours, and already all the two remaining members of the small council know that she's there, know why she's there. (laughs) Not exactly a great start to their
1: spy Pretty much everyone in King's Landing who's in a position of power right now knows about her presence. There's (laughs) nobody. (laughs) Only the people she did the end around who are still on the road from Winterfell are unaware she's in King's Landing.
0: And she's got weeks before they get
1: (laughs) there at their pace. She she could throw a party for them when they arrive. (laughs) So Mago the Cruel gets a reference, and uh, we have not not a difference of opinion on Mago the Cruel, but uh, <laughs> we mentioned in episode fourteen that Mago rode Belyrian after his father Aegon the First. Belyrian was Aegon's dragon primarily, yes. but then Mago rode him after the death of Aegon.
0: And now this is where we have sl- we we both agree this is cruel, but it is mentioned. I think it's mentioned in the chapter.
1: I believe so. Yeah, because because the chapter again. Because you were summarizing, you didn't mention the all of. It gives a quite an in depth description of King's Landing and the Three Hills, right? And uh, I think
0: it mentions that. The, so when Magor, Magor the Cruel, he was the king uh, reigning when the Red Keep, which is the royal castle, was finished. And uh, after the Red Keep was finished, he had taken the heads of everyone involved in building it seems rather cruel so. right so so
1: so the the reason being that he had secret tunnels and all kinds of things built into the red yes. Keys that he wanted to be the only person to know about that's why he killed more. i so, so our disagreement is about how cruel mago mago was now obviously we both agree that that was cruel that yes. is clearly cruel but my contention is that that's by far the cruelest thing he did and most of the rest of his reign he actually wasn't that bad So, an
0: outlier. It's an outlier. It's an outlier. He was in a bad behavior (laughs) that
1: day. He was yeah. Pretty much everything else he did was involved. Balerian, and anyone who challenges a fire-breathing dragon-riding king (laughs) whose last name is the Cruel (laughs) is really stupid and just deserves what they get.
0: That's you know, you make some sense. Yeah,
1: (laughs) we'll we'll definitely talk about Mago more in the future, and I'll, I'll I'll make my case. For Mago the Misunderstood. <laughs> Mago the mislabeled. <laughs> Mago the one bad day.
0: <laughs> Tarred for life. That's right. Reputations, you know, they, yeah. they tend to stick with you. That's right. So shall we do some background? Sounds good. All right. So I, like Simon just mentioned, I didn't mention in my summary.
1: It's a summary. You're not reading the right. whole thing. Yeah, you know? exactly.
0: They... There's a lot of uh, description about the city that is King's Landing, so I just wanted to go into a little bit more information about it in case you were interested and or curious. The city is built around three hills, which is referenced in the chapter. Aegon's High Hill, Senya's Hill, and the Hill of Rainies Those are named for Aegon the Conqueror and his sister-wives. Atop Aegon's High Hill sits the Red Keep, which is the royal castle that overlooks Blackwater Bay. The Great Sept of Baelor sits on Visenya's Hill, and on the Hill of Rainies sits the Dragon Pit, which again was referenced in Chapter 14, Tyrion 2. I talked a little bit about the Dragon Pit in that episode, but I wanted to give a little more info about it because I, I think it's it's referenced in this chapter, so let's talk about it. The Dragon Pit was built to house the Targaryen dragons, obviously, hence its name, although not all of the dragons lived there. But one. Uh, one thing I found interesting in the history of the Dragon Pit is that because of the bloodbath after the Red Keep was finished by uh, Maegor the Misunderstood. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, bad, I'm glad that's caught on. Maegor had trouble getting laborers to uh, build the Dragon Pit because nobody wanted to first, lose their heads First of
1: all, they were all dead. <laughs> <laughs> Second true. of all, their replacements were not keen to work for him. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's that's true.
1: Uh, there might not have been a whole lot of laborers left yeah. in the city. I think uh, I would definitely the the one. What I would say if I was Mael, the cruel, I would say I'm not going to build any secret passages here. Right. <laughs> the reason I killed all those guys was because they knew about the secret passages. This, this is this is a big old pit for dragons. Right. <laughs> no secrets here.
0: No reason to lose your head over everything.
1: I'm not when it's finished. I'm not going to have you stand in the middle and have the dragons come in and see if they like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw a big party inside the pit. (laughs) You, the dragons, five minutes.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, people fled the city rather than work on it, so he used prisoners instead. And prior to the Dragon Pit, the Sept of Remembrance was built on the Hill of Raines, which was formerly the main sept in King's Landing. However, during something known as the Faith Militant Uprising, which we'll talk about at a later time, Magor the Misunderstood... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's
1: it's it's really working.
0: It is, it is. Um, he mounted Balerion the Black Dread and burned down the sept. So
1: again, another example of he's got a big dragon <laughs> and a temper.
0: Right. Know your audience. Yes. Megor died before the dragon pit was completed, so his successor, Jeharis, known as Jaehaerys the Conciliator, had it finished. It was huge it is said that 30 knights could ride side by side through its gate, which it would have to be huge if it's going to house dragons. True. Especially a dragon the size of Valerian. True. And others. Like I said... Because
1: they don't have to go in side by side. They could go right. in one <laughs> by one. Single file through
0: the gate, please. <laughs> like I said in Tyrion 2, Balerion did live in it toward the end of his life. He was confined there after returning to Westeros with the dying princess aria on his back from the accursed ruins of Valeria, which is a story we'll save for another time the structure is now collapsed ruin there's a story behind that too but again we'll wait for another day for that story
1: sounds good okay so house Baelish is a minor house of the Vale with fealty to house Arryn so there's another connection between Peter and Lysa right they're from the smallest of the fingers they're long promontories of land that jut out into the narrow sea and combined with his slight build led to the little finger nickname yeah Their sigil used to be a stone knight with eyes of fire, evoking the titan of Bravos, perhaps. Mm -hmm. But Peter has rebranded to a mockingbird. Varys is a fet and wears silks, velvets, and slippers around court. Got to stand out, presumably. He originates from Essos, but we'll hold off on his backstory as this will be revealed in the book. He's a eunuch. He was Master of Spies to Aerys before Robert and clearly good at his job. He has a really interesting backstory, so we'll talk about that as they come to light.
0: Yeah, it really is some pretty interesting stuff yeah. so we don't want to ruin any of that stuff yeah. he's the eunuch that i referenced in eddard 2 when both he was mentioned and the unsullied yes. were mentioned yes. i wanted to differentiate between the two right. style of eunuchs <clears throat> <laughs> so tyrosh which is where captain moreo tomatis is from the captain that captain the ship that cat and sir roderick made their way to king's landing on so tyrosh is the westernmost of the free cities on essos it's got an arbor it's walled it's very large it has a large fleet used in its frequent skirmishes with lice and Mir for ownership of the disputed lands that lie between the three the tyroshi are also known for their flamboyance boisterousness and avarice uh, the merchant city is renowned for its involvement in the slave trade it is religiously tolerant, and many faiths have temples there.
1: Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so, Solaris Tyrell gets a mention. Um, he's the third son of Mace Tyrell of Highgarden and the Reach. Um, he's 18. He's known as the Knight of Flowers. That's knight with a K. Yes. Yeah. Um, he's highly skilled in combat. He was only 15 when he won the Joust against Jaime Lannister, that Tyrion purportedly won the knife that was used in the assassination yeah, attempt. Yeah. On. Uh, he's dashing and handsome and beloved of the people. So in comparison with the TV show, Cat um, and Sir Roderick use the King's Road in the show, so they don't get to King's Landing before Ned. They they trail behind. We are introduced to Baelish and Varys upon Ned's arrival, not Cat's, which makes a certain amount of sense. Sure. Um, show Baelish is pretty bold in admitting his love for Cat directly to Ned. Oh,
0: that's right. Basically, the that.
1: conversation we just had between Peter and Cat was between Peter and Ned, so it was like, Dude. <laughs> He's, the hand of the king, He's the hand of the king. He's the brother of the guy who gave you that scar. Right. Do you want a matching scar? <laughs> for, for saying the same things. <laughs> yeah. um, Varys shows off his knowledge by commiserating with Ned for what happened on the road uh, with Lady. Oh,
0: okay, yeah. I vaguely remember yeah. that.
1: So when Cat and Roderick arrive in King's Landing, they're met at the gate by gold cloaks. There's no overheard meeting, who take them to one of Baelish's brothels, not to the Red Keep.
0: Like like I've said in previous chapters, there's a lot more brothel stuff in the <laughs> yeah. TV show than there is in the book series. But
1: in, in some ways, I mean, a, a lot of it was for, let's ramp up the nudity in, right. in the show, but it was actually a convenient sort of secret place that Peter Baelish could use for yes. meetings that weren't going to be in the Red Keep and therefore could be right. more discreet.
0: Uh, speaking of that, <laughs> friend of ours... Was watching an episode and uh telling us about it, and there was dialogue going on at the in the primary um front of the scene, and in the back of the scene, there was the whole sex scene going on. Mm-hmm. And when the scene got through, he had to rewind it because he missed everything that had been said because he was busy watching what was going on in the background, <laughs> which is exactly why they put that stuff in there. So
1: the, the character should have got eyes here. <laughs> uh, so in the show, we don't get any clues as to how Baelish and Varys know what they know, whereas here in the book, we definitely, they admit to some of it, they overheard the conversation between Roderick and Aaron. The conversation between Varys, Baelish, and Kat is much the same regarding the provenance of the knife. Right. So pedantry, I, I mean, I this is just a general piece of pedantry. The whole premise for the trip to King's Landing feels a bit thin. It does. Why I mean, why are you approaching the royal master at arms and just hoping he doesn't rat you out to the queen? I mean, what, what is he going to know? Yes, he, conceivably he might know who owned that knife, but that seems like a long shot. Right. What are you doing? What are you doing there, really?
0: Especially when your kid is unconscious.
1: And it's, it's worse even in the, the book than the show, because in the show at least, she was chasing Ned down the road right, to, yeah. to talk to Ned. Here she went around Ned, got to King's Landing first. I mean, you might as well just go to the inn and lay low till Ned gets there. Right. Why, why do anything?
0: Yeah, that's true. Maybe after four days of sleep, she just needed to get up and move yeah, around. Yeah, let's go.
1: The other one is, is actually the, the dragon pit. If I'm building a dragon pit, now buildings are expensive, and a dome is particularly expensive because, right. you know, you've got to, there's some significant uh, architectural design and civil engineering involved in building a dome that doesn't collapse right yeah this one has by the way (laughs) so there
0: is a story behind why but it has collapsed
1: but these are dragons they don't need a wide archway in a dome to get in you could leave a hole in the top and it would be a lot cheaper to build yes sure i mean it would it would rain into the hole but
0: they have dragon scales. They have dragon Th- they scales. They seem and, rather and, um, and the
1: whole I mean, you could build plant. a partial dome up to that hole, right?
0: Like and... a lot of uh, football stadiums, right. are built
1: that way. Yeah, <laughs> and then when it rains, they could hide underneath the, the roof. It just seems or of, just
0: deal with it. They are dragons. They're
1: dragons. Yeah, it just it seems like just overdone, overblown, <laughs> a bit like the Titan of Bravos. Really, you're you're taking on building st- structures that. Or just beyond the necessity, the, the need. True, I agree. So news and notes, uh, an amendment to last week's episode on Bran waking up. We, we said that we didn't get any of his dream before he woke up, and he didn't, he just woke up. But some of what he, was, what he dreamed about was l- later touched on by his nurse telling him scary stories while he lay in bed. Right. And so some of that, she talked about the worst winters when others come down from the north. Was it Old
0: Nan that old was Nan, telling the, the story? V- the
1: very lady, yeah. And like the dream, he was very scared by what she was saying. Yeah. Um, but there was no indication that he had any special insight. He was just scared seven-year-old. Right. Yeah. He
0: didn't see dragons stirring in the east.
1: Or... None of that, no. No.
0: Sansa crying herself to sleep at night. None of
1: that. But he did get scared about what's coming from the north. Okay. Thanks, Old Nan. That's
0: something, yeah. Yeah. So, in conclusion, Kat has very few secrets.
1: Yeah. She's not proven very good at keeping them generally. No, she's
0: really not.
1: Even the ones she's tried to keep have slipped out without her intending them to.
0: Yeah, she's not so good at that. People have their strengths and weaknesses, you know? Yeah.
1: But, hey, it feels like everyone's going to struggle to keep their secrets from Varys.
0: Sure it sure does. Yeah, Really can't blame her for that one. No. Although, I guess she could have... Maybe she could have taught Roderick... Her gibberish language. That's
1: true, which he then would have had to teach to Sir <laughs> right. Aaron. But
0: after all that, eventually they could have done it. When
1: I say spoon, I mean knife. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: And so Littlefinger says it was Tyrion's knife.
1: Yes, the finger is pointing at Tyrion. Yes, the it little is. Finger. The little
0: finger. Yeah, I like that.
1: But we don't, we don't believe it.
0: Ah, I mean, I guess it's theoretically possible. Like, I pointed <laughs> out a way that it could... Be possible, it just doesn't fit his m o really,
1: yeah, and I mean we we're not sure where the lie is where where the wrongness is here it It could be right at the the root of this, Peter Bailey's might be totally lying about Tyrion ever owning that knife, right, but it could also be um someone else, yeah, took the, the knife the, the, and the, gave
0: it to yeah. the guy, or maybe the guy stole the knife himself, I don't know, yeah, somehow the knife could have ended up in his possession without Tyrion. Having given to him, because it makes absolutely no sense for the one millionth time for him to have given him that knife yeah. to kill him, try to kill Bran with.
1: So Peter Bellish is a very interesting character, very difficult to tell where his loyalties lo- uh, are. Yeah. Clearly, he is still in love with Catelyn, so that's kind of, if, if you're on Team Stark, that's good that he cares about at right. least one Stark. Uh, but
0: she but- mentions she trusts him little.
1: Right. So he, he's also, he himself, I think, is on team Baelish. Right, yes. He, uh... <laughs> but, yeah. you know, loving someone... But the, the problem with loving someone who's married is that you are... Where does your loyalty lie to yeah. that family? Yeah, in you, you, some
0: ways you're rooting for them to fail.
1: Exactly. because you At want... least the husband, anyway. Right.
0: But Varys, he's another really interesting character. He is uh, also very smart, but again, where does his loyalties lie?
1: Yeah, I... Obviously, having been the same role for both Aerys and Robert, he is slippery in terms of his loyalties. Yeah. But maybe his loyalty is always to the throne. Maybe he's just good at saying, "I'll do whatever you tell me to do." Whoever's king, whoever's king, king. that's yeah. who I'll report yeah. to. One aspect of those slippery loyalties, though, is is there a sort of like a deeper lying loyalty underneath it? You know what I mean? You're spymaster to the king, and you're loyal to whoever's the king. but, but do you have some deeper foundational base of who you're rooting for. Right. Maybe not a particular family or a particular person, but...
0: I think there's several characters that kind of fit into the same role. Like, Varys didn't sell me. He was the Lord Commander of the Kingsguard to King Ares. Now he's Lord Commander of the Kingsguard to Robert. But does he have... How does he feel about that? Yeah. I guess he's just doing his job. Maybe Varys is doing his job as well.
1: Yeah, but, but for Varys and Selmy, there's there's less of a... it's Their job is simple. They're bodyguard. You're bodyguard to this person. Protect right. them. Don't let them get killed. Whereas Varys is gathering information. He's gathering information to the benefit of the realm. And that information, you can... Uh, Varys is the bottleneck for all the information right. flow. He can choose what go. What, he controls the flow. Yeah, absolutely. He, he can c- put,
0: he can destroy someone with that information or he could save someone with that. information.
1: Right. And he could, he could twist what he's passing on to Robert to the benefit of others if he wanted to. Right. Yeah. Now he gets the job and keeps the job because nobody does it better in terms of the gathering of the information. The question is, is if he has a loyalty other than, to whoever's currently on the throne, he could really use that against mm-hmm. whoever Absolutely. he wants. Yep. Anything else? No, I think we're good, aren't we?
0: I think so, yeah. All right. Well, as always you can reach us at ghost.herrenhall at gmail dot com. Mm. And then please go out and follow us on Twitter at ghost.herrenhall, And please consider checking us out on Facebook.
1: We're all over the internet. We are. Oh, that's yes. good. Um, and always you know if you could leave us reviews or um, uh, comments comments feedback yeah like and subscribe we'd appreciate that yeah,
0: especially on iTunes we could really use some good uh, we have so far all the iTunes reviews we have have been five stars and very positive I'd like to bulk that up with some more of those yeah. if possible
1: and- alright well thanks for listening we really appreciate we sure it sure do ok bye bye